Hello and welcome back to Bad Apple. I'm Riley. And I'm Helen. And it's been a while. We kind of ghosted you. Sorry about that. We had a lot of things going on. A lot of things happened in the last eight months. (laughs) I moved interstate. I moved off the continent. I moved to an island. (laughs) We've been traveling. Yeah. I mean, the biggest news is we don't live together anymore. So we're recording this in two different places and not the boot of a car. (laughs) Who would have thought I would miss the boot of the car? Those were the days. We were roughing it. (laughs) We actually were. So if you're coming back to us after a long hiatus, we really don't deserve you. We have some great fans out there, old and new. So thank you to those who are returning. If you're a new listener, we appreciate you as well. And thanks for supporting us during the break because we had pretty steady streams and we had a lot of messages from new listeners. So that was great. It's really been encouraging us to get back in the studio. Yeah, also served as a great reminder to get back into it. So we're back. And we're back in a timely fashion because today's case is very current. There were actually updates as we scrambled to figure out how to record this from two different places. The case developed and Riz had to go back to the script and add more. So that's how fresh it is. It is so fresh. By the way, Riz is living in Tasmania. She's actually still in Australia. Yes, that was probably... Vague. I made it sound like I'd moved to like the Bahamas or something. Slightly less. (laughs) An offshore island. (laughs) Slightly less luxurious and tropical, but still great. Still an island. Yeah, it's because she's a big shot lawyer now Mm. in Tasmania. Something like that. Got her a wig. I do have to wear a wig at work, so (laughs) I guess I am a big dog. It's the real deal. Could you put in our bio and lawyer? I'm technically not a lawyer yet, but (laughs) as soon as I am, it'll be in the bio. And that's the first thing we do. Update our podcast bio. LinkedIn can wait. Sounds good. All right. Well, I know you all missed us, but I guess let's get back into what we usually do. Yeah, let's dive right in. On the 19th of August, 2012, 23-year-old Liesl Smith left her home and drove her car to Tuggera Railway Station on the central coast, approximately 90 kilometers north of Sydney. She's captured on CCTV, leaving her car and getting into a white ute which then drove away from the station. This is the last time Liesl was seen. The last contact from her came two days later when her father received a text message saying, quote, I can't do this and I'm not going to keep your secret anymore. But was this even from Liesl or someone trying to create an illusion she was still alive? For almost two decades, her disappearance has remained unsolved. However, a man has just stood trial for Liesl's murder despite her body never being found. Liesl has been described by her family as a beloved daughter, adored sister, and fabulous friend who had a completely happy family life. Since her disappearance, she hasn't touched her bank accounts or used her phone. Her family are dedicated to finding their daughter and still have hope she will come home. Through their Facebook page, Find Liesl Smith, they post updates about the investigation and share memories of their daughter. Many of these memories center around her love for animals, particularly horses, with her mother uploading pictures of her riding with her nephews. Liesl was an animal lover and dedicated horse owner. At the time of her disappearance, her mare was about to give birth, something which her family says proves that she wouldn't have voluntarily or intentionally gone missing. In fact, when she left home at 1pm on the 19th of August, she was supposed to be home by 5pm to look after her animals. 
It was this affinity for horses that sparked a relationship between Liesel and James Scott Church, known to his friends as Jim. Jim was a well-respected farrier and horseman. A farrier is someone that puts shoes on horses. Some considered Jim one of the best cowboys in the country, and this clearly impressed Liesel. Despite Jim being 19 years her senior, the two quickly developed a close relationship. However, unfortunately for Liesel, this romance would very quickly become heartache, as Jim began seeing another woman who he intended to marry. Belinda Lees came from a wealthy country family, and her father was a lawyer. It is said that Jim wanted this relationship to flourish in order to financially benefit from the marriage, along with the fact that Belinda is very attractive. But breakups are never easy, and even though Jim told Belinda that he was single, he and Liesel were still seeing each other. This love triangle put Jim in the crosshairs of the investigation when Liesel went missing, and police discovered that Jim owned the white ute that picked up Liesel on the 19th of August 10 years ago. Belinda knew the pair were close and had previously had a relationship, and she didn't like Jim and Liesel spending time together. Jim had told Belinda that they were no longer together and that he had never been unfaithful to her. I was just going to say that's what you get from the world's greatest cowboy. You're right. Those cowboys do have a reputation. However, Liesel's side of the story is entirely different. Kobe Rose Palmer, a friend of Belinda, became involved in a dispute with Liesel in June 2012, just two months before she went missing. The dispute began because of allegations Liesel had been talking to Kobe's partner. However, Liesel told Kobe that she wasn't talking to her boyfriend because she was involved with Jim Church. Liesel confirmed that she wasn't in a relationship with Jim because he told her that he was getting a girlfriend, but that their physical relationship was ongoing. And in fact, she was five months pregnant with Jim's child, but he didn't want to keep it. Liesel sent Kobe a picture of herself, in which Kobe said she could see her bump. Just days before Liesel went missing, she messaged Kobe again to say that Jim had cheated on his girlfriend with her last night. She said, quote, I should not have done what I'd done last night, but at the end of the day, I do love him. Kobe told Belinda of these exchanges and of Liesel's alleged pregnancy. However, Liesel's messages to Kobe are potentially unreliable. Kobe says there was at least one occasion when Liesel messaged her saying she was having sex with Jim, but that could not have been possible as Jim was with Kobe and Belinda at the time. Also, she doesn't really have any reason to be honest with Kobe. Like, they, they weren't friends. And Kobe was friends with Belinda, who she didn't like because she was with Jim. So she could have just been stirring the pot. Liesel had also reached out to Belinda directly, texting her on a number of occasions to make negative accusations about Jim, potentially in an effort to end their relationship. Some of these accusations include that Jim had kicked Belinda's dog, that he was an alcoholic, and that he had been violent towards an ex-partner. Belinda even met Liesel three times to confront her about her statements. Belinda had briefly broken up with Jim due to Liesel's allegations. Belinda came to accept that Liesel was making baseless claims, and she also called her a crackpot. She said that, not me. The pair resumed their relationship and made a pact that they weren't even going to talk to Liesel after the issues she had caused. Belinda was fearful that after Jim cut contact with Liesel, she would harm her animals in retaliation. So when Belinda found out that Jim had picked up Liesel on the day she went missing, she was understandably upset. Jim told her that Liesel had been pestering him for a lift and that the pair had only had idle chit-chat during their trip. During a phone call which was intercepted between Jim and Belinda, he was audibly upset while he told Belinda that police asked him whether he had been unfaithful. And he said he told them, quote, I have certainly not been unfaithful. 
He said that his life was over and he was going to spend the rest of his life in jail, even though he had done nothing wrong. Belinda was still supportive of Jim during this period despite these allegations, but Jim's story began to unravel. While he was able to convince Belinda that Liesel's allegations that she was pregnant with his child were untrue, he was not able to talk his way out of a number of images that were shown to Belinda by police which proved Jim's infidelity. Police have that tea. They spilled the tea. That's like an MTV program. Like catfish or something. Listen, when you're the world's greatest cowboy, there'd be people watching you. <laughs> the hills have eyes for the world's greatest cowboy. <laughs> Belinda and Jim broke up in April 2013. A number of further interviews were conducted with Jim and with others close to Liesel to determine the order of events on the day that she disappeared after getting into the car with Jim at Tagora Station. At the time, Liesel was living with her father, Storm Smith. Mr. Smith had said that in the days leading up to her disappearance, Liesel had played a voice message from a man he believed to be Jim, saying that he had arranged a house for her and that, quote, everything is going to be okay. It was thought, potentially, that Jim had told Liesel that he had arranged somewhere for her to stay in the Upper Hunter region, near a town called Sandy Hollow, and that Liesel had met him at the railway station to be driven there. When asked this, Jim denied that he took Liesel to Sandy Hollow. Instead, he claimed that he had picked up Liesel at her request, during which time they had a conversation where he ended the relationship with her and then dropped her to a former boyfriend's house in Waiyong. Later, this story changed again, when Jim stated that he had dropped Liesel at the old bakery on the Pacific Highway in Waiyong. The changing nature of this story reveals the shaky reliability of Jim's account, and it seems that the inconsistency was also suspicious to the police. They discovered that Jim's ute had been captured on a fixed traffic camera travelling north on the Pacific motorway towards the Hunter region, at the time he claimed to be taking Liesel to Waiyong, seemingly bypassing Waiyong altogether. So despite not recovering any evidence that Liesel was dead, let alone that she had been murdered, police arrested Jim Church on the 18th of October 2018, more than six years after Liesel was last seen. Around the same time, police searched a number of properties in the New South Wales Central Coast region and around Marawa in the Hunter Valley, seizing a number of items. Police allege that Jim was motivated to kill Liesel due to the trouble she was causing in his relationship with Belinda. On trial for Liesel's murder, despite no body being found, Jim's defence focused on highlighting other potential scenarios that could have led to Liesel's disappearance, one of which is that she was abducted or murdered by one of her ex-boyfriends, Craig Elkin. Craig was a guy who looked like he would get into a bit of trouble. He was well-built with a stern expression and plenty of tattoos. Craig also talked a big game. He claimed to have links to the Bra Boys, an old-school gang based in Maroubra Beach in Sydney, and other organised crime gangs. He had talked nonchalantly about having killed people, saying that he once threw a body over a bridge and had cut people up and, quote, thrown them to the pigs. He was also abusive towards Liesel. Liesel's sister Grace has said that she had seen the injuries left as a result of Craig's violence, saying that her sister would often have bruises. Once, she saw red marks around Liesel's throat where Craig had grabbed her, and on one occasion, he had left a welt when he smashed a full Coke can on Liesel's head. This violence escalated into threats to kill Liesel, saying that if she ever became pregnant with another man, he would, quote, kill her and him, whoever the guy was. Eventually, Liesel took out an apprehended violence order against Craig. Grace said that Liesel loved Craig, but just wished that he didn't treat her like that. After taking out the AVO, Liesel and Craig's relationship ended, but Grace reports that her sister told her she had reignited her relationship with Craig 
prior to her disappearance in 2012, but she never saw the pair together. We don't know whether Liesel had told Craig she was pregnant with Jim Church's child. After the disappearance, Grace ran into Craig in the street, despite trying to avoid him. Craig called out to her saying, quote, What the fuck are you saying about me, you slut? Craig accused Grace of starting a rumour that he had inappropriately touched one of the girls he coached at soccer. During the heated exchange, he threatened to kill her, and Grace says that she replied, quote, What did you do to my sister? Tell me what you did to her. If Craig did know what happened to Liesel, any chance of finding out disappeared in 2015, when Craig's body was found floating in the Hunter River near Newcastle in New South Wales. Police investigated his death, but determined that there were no suspicious circumstances. Sorry, but imagine getting into that kind of altercation with your sister's ex on a street. Yeah, in front of in public. a bunch of people. Terrifying. This, is, this whole story is giving me huge small town energy. Yeah, and everyone would have known who you were. Liesel's connection to Craig Elkin had also given rise to the theory that she had gotten involved with motorcycle gangs and the associated drug scene. Liesel's mother has confirmed that her daughter had told her Craig was running drugs for a bikey gang. There are alternate endings to this theory. One is that Liesel got involved in a bad deal or had racked up a debt and was killed by an organised crime syndicate. The other is that Liesel was at risk of harm from one of these gangs and has voluntarily gone into hiding for her own safety changed her identity, and started a new life. The defense alleges that during conversations with friends and family, Liesel would say things like, quote, If I want to disappear, no one will find me. The final, and potentially the weakest theory presented by the defense, is that Liesel was troubled by a traumatic childhood and had ended her own life. This is mainly supported by the text message that Liesel sent to her father two days after she was last seen that read, quote, I can't do this, and I'm not going to keep your secret anymore. The message was sent from Liesel's phone, but we don't know if it was her that actually sent it. If it was, what secret was she talking about? Her father claims not to understand the meaning of the message. If it wasn't her, was it someone trying to trick her family into thinking she was still alive? Or were they trying to create some kind of scenario that might support a suicide theory? We might never find out. During the trial, the prosecution focused on stacking the limited and largely circumstantial evidence against Jim. They alleged that Jim had killed Liesel to stop her from interfering with his relationship with Belinda, and potentially due to disagreement over the alleged unborn child. The prosecution proposed that Jim picked Liesel up from the Tuggera railway station and then drove to a location that he had found near Merowa in the Hunter Valley and buried Liesel. A girlfriend of one of Jim's old colleagues has made a statement saying that her partner once told her that Liesel's body had been disposed of and would not be found. Further, one of Jim's relatives has allegedly admitted that he was involved in the disposal of Liesel's body, but the police have not fully investigated these claims. It's tenuous evidence, and the prosecution admit that they can't pinpoint exactly how or when Liesel was murdered, but they allege it was either during the car ride or after arriving at the remote Merowa location. The prosecution landed on Merowa as the burial site after sifting through traffic cameras in the area for Jim's white ute. They found the ute on the day of Liesel's disappearance, traveling north of Wyong. Interestingly, they found Jim's ute traveling the same way again two days prior, and it was captured again at Sandy Hollow, two hours northwest of Wyong and just 25 minutes from Merowa. The prosecution alleged that this was the reconnaissance trip to find a good spot to hide Liesel's body. When asked about his trip to Merowa, Jim told police that he was seeing a friend on horse business. He was the best cowboy in the country. And we're in the country, so there'd be a horse business. 
Is he the shoe man? He is the shoe man. And a good cowboy. Yeah. You see, not all horseshoe men have to be cowboys, but all good cowboys are horseshoe men. <laughs> Initially, the friend confirmed this, but later he revealed that he was mistaken, and he had actually been away at the time in question. In response to this revelation, Jim changed his story again, saying that he remembered going to his friend's property, and when he realized he wasn't home, waited in the car for a couple of hours before driving home again. This might have been a genuine mistake by the friend, or he may have gotten cold feet after being asked by Jim to provide a false alibi and changed his story. Who waits in the car for a couple of hours for their friend? Yeah, in a rural area. There's nothing to do. They're either there or they're not. And like, fine if you're like, oh, I forgot I didn't talk to him. But like, if you sat in a car for two hours, surely you'd remember that. You'd be annoyed, right? right? You'd be like, no, I waited for him. Speaking of false alibis, Jim had also asked his parents to lie to the police about his whereabouts on the day of Liesl's disappearance. In a covert recording from a listening device inside Jim's parents' home, Jim's mother is heard telling her daughter, quote, Jim asked us could we say we were out there, and we did. In February 2013, Miss Church told police that she had visited Jim for a coffee and a chat for a couple of hours. Later, she found a receipt from an auction she visited on August 19th for a box of cookware. She gave this to the police to support the alibi saying that she had bought the cookware for her son and had gone to deliver it to him the same day. The issue with this, of course, is that Jim wasn't at home that day. He was in Meroa, seeing a mate about a horse. Remember that? Either seeing his mate or sitting in a car for two hours. It became obvious that Jim's mother had given a false alibi. In a recorded conversation with Jim and his parents at their home, his mother said, quote, I just wish he hadn't lied to us because you know that got us in a lot of trouble. His father then advises him to stick to his story and his mom asks where the body is. To which Jim replies, quote, No, I haven't murdered her, dad. Three months after Miss Church made her statement to the police, she went to see her solicitor and signed a statutory declaration saying that she actually didn't recall seeing Jim on the day Liesl went missing. Further, when the police recordings were played for the court, Miss Church claimed that she didn't remember any of the conversations. She says that they took place a long time ago, and at the time she had a drinking problem, which affected her recollection of the events. AKA, unreliable witness. The trial for Liesl's murder was a judge-only trial, so there was no jury involved. As we know, the standard of proof for a criminal conviction is beyond a reasonable doubt. So all Jim's legal team need to do is give the judge anything that would cause reasonable doubt, and she can't return a guilty verdict. They certainly gave the judge plenty of alternative scenarios to consider. And without a body, there really is no way of telling that Liesl isn't still alive. There have been reported sightings of Liesl since her disappearance, including one man who claims he saw Liesl in the Wyong IGA, after seeing her missing persons poster just a few hours earlier at the RSL club. During the trial, Justice Fullerton remarked that there were, quote, a number of swinging gates in relation to the matter where evidence had not been fully investigated or allegations not completely fleshed out. And this seems to be the general vibe of this case. Maybe the bits and pieces of the trial that made it into the media just didn't paint a very full picture. But it really seems like the investigation wasn't very efficient or thorough, considering it took them six years to arrest Jim after the first interview with him. It feels like they were barking up the wrong tree. After the trial ramped up in April, the judge took leave to consider the months of evidence presented and decide on a verdict. Liesl's family said that while the conclusion of the evidence was a relief, it didn't change the fact that their daughter is still missing. Liesl's mother shared an update to the Find Liesl Smith Facebook page, thanking everyone for their support, 
kind words and love. When a judge takes leave to decide things, I'm assuming they get paid for that. Yes. It's very, it's such an interesting concept to me because do they just kind of wake up and go like, well, I'm going to keep thinking about this today. I'm going to pace around. Yeah. What judges do is very mysterious as I'm discovering. <laughs> and yeah, I think they like to just go over all the evidence again, decide which parts of it are reliable, look at other case law, and very slowly they'll come to a conclusion. You couldn't be an indecisive judge. Well, arguably you could be an indecisive judge because you get paid to go on leave to think about it, which I love that. Yeah. I think after a while you'd get hurried along. If you were taking a really long time, someone would come past and say, can you please hurry up? (laughs) How long is a long time? A week? Well, I don't know, because this woman took until July, so. True, that's months. I reckon if it was three months in and you were still considering, you'd get hurried along. Is that three months of full-time considering? They do other stuff in between. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't, they're not just, judges don't just do one thing at a time. They're doing like multiple, they've got multiple <laughs> things on the go. Okay, I see. Well, it said that she took leave for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Um, that just is like a saying. Like you take leave from the court, but she is... The, from the trial itself. Yeah, yeah. You take leave from the trial. Yeah. Yeah. Not from her entire job. She's not just on holiday. (laughs) In early July 2022, Justice Fullerton announced that she was ready to hand down her decision. The court informed Jim's lawyers that he should attend court on Friday, July 8th for the verdict. However, on Thursday, July 7th, Jim's body was discovered at a property near Bingara. Jim had taken his own life the day before the case was going to be decided. The following day, Justice Fullerton addressed the court saying that when an accused dies during a trial, it brings the trial to an end, meaning that even though the evidence had been presented, the judge had reached a verdict, and lengthy reasons had been written, Justice Fullerton was prevented from delivering the decision. As it was announced that no verdict was able to be delivered, Liesel's mother Sandy broke down in the courtroom, knowing that after 10 years, they still don't have closure. I have another question. Yes. Will we just never know what Justice Fullerton decided? Well, odds are no. Chances are no. She will take it to the grave, I guess. Yeah. Jim's lawyer, Manny Konditsis, has noted that it was disappointing to see speculation on social media about why Jim had taken his life, and regrettable that some outlets had begun referring to his client as guilty when no finding of guilt had been made, meaning Jim is still entitled to the presumption of innocence. Konditsis said, quote, The family and loved ones of Mr. Church are presently grieving his tragic loss and ask the media to respect their privacy at this very difficult time. Further, Jim's close friend, Hugh Bloor, insists that Jim had died an innocent man and that the pressures of such a lengthy and public investigation had simply taken their toll, saying, quote, The poor bugger has had to go through all of this trial on his own, Because he couldn't see anybody, it would make one hell of a Hollywood movie, I'd say. The outcome has been described by the family as unimaginable and a nightmare, and has attracted the attention of the New South Wales Attorney General, who said he was seeking legal advice from the Department of Communities and Justice to determine whether anything could be done. Liesl's family have taken matters into their own hands, starting a petition for Liesl's Law, which would allow a verdict to be delivered in circumstances where an accused dies after the judge or jury has set a date for the reading of the verdict. 
The petition currently has over 450 signatures. Justice Paul Conlin from the District Court of New South Wales has supported the introduction of such legislation, which would allow the court to deliver a verdict under special circumstances, such as the ones in this case. However, aside from a retrospective change to the law, the family's final option is for Liesl's case to be referred to the coroner for an inquiry. Liesl's dad, Storm, believes that his daughter is still alive and has voluntarily disappeared. He believes that Liesl was intending to disappear after a cryptic Facebook post from August 7, 2012, just 12 days before the last confirmed sighting of Liesl at the Tuggera railway station. The post was a picture of Winnie the Pooh and Christopher Robin standing on a bridge together, with a caption reading, quote, and Pooh, promise you won't forget me. Interestingly, this was the post Liesl's mother chose to share on the Find Liesl Smith Facebook page to announce that Jim had taken his life. Yeah, she shared a screenshot of that post onto the Facebook page and added in the caption that Jim had had passed away by his own hand. That was her, that's her words. Mm. I'm not sure if there's any meaning behind that. Maybe just the fact that since he'd taken his own life, there would be no verdict and maybe she feels like people will then forget about the case and what happened. That is true. In 2018, a memorial horse ride was held in Liesl's honour, raising awareness of her disappearance and allowing the family to grieve their missing daughter. As of Christmas 2021, the family are still hoping that Liesl will come home. A post from her mother on December 21st, 2021 says, quote, Christmas is fast approaching and we are really hoping that Liesl will be the Christmas present we have all been waiting for all these years. Liesl, come home, no questions asked. You have all your gifts from the last years still waiting for you. You have new nieces and nephews, so much to tell you. We miss you and we love you eternally. Yeah, as we said at the beginning, I was pretty much writing this episode as it happened, but even I was not expecting this twist in the end. I was expecting a judgment to be delivered and that I was going to have to read it and then update the facts, but I didn't have to read anything because there was nothing to read. Yeah. I don't think this happens very often. Do you reckon? I say this doesn't happen very often, but this happened in the last case that we did as well about yeah. that nurse. He hadn't been charged or wasn't on trial, but it was the same thing. But would you support this law that they're pushing for? I think it would be good potentially to have some like judicial discretion because I think it would be hard to put into black letter law a circumstance like this like where like this does seem unfair or like this does seem not in the interest of justice so yeah I feel like if judges had a bit more discretion about when they could release a judgment but then at the same time you do have to I guess balance that with the rights of the accused person who is now gone and can't defend themselves which we've talked about before yeah and also the fact that like a a punishment can't be delivered like a, a sentence can't be delivered, they can't serve it. So aside from the family of the victim or the or the victim, is there really a point? I even think like the judge delivering a verdict has a point in the legal sense, but like it, he, her father literally said he thinks that she's still alive because the verdict the judge was going to deliver would have meant she isn't alive. Yeah, right? well... Were they- they were after him for murder. Yeah, it was murder. So it was either that she wasn't alive anymore or she might have been. Yeah. I get that, like, I guess that closure would be helpful. Mm. That kind of legal closure. But I also wonder if it would entirely resolve your feelings about it. Like, if her parents would have 
been able to be like, okay, well, she's not with us anymore. I think a lot of people think that it will. I think a lot of people who are in the system and going through like a a legal process think that, well, once this is over, I'll be happy. Or like, once this is over, I won't have to deal with it anymore. But like you do a lot of the time. And I think that people sometimes pursue things because they think that it's going to, you know, bring them this sense of relief or closure. But yeah, in reality, that's is often found elsewhere. So I don't know what I support. There's a lot to think about it's, here. It's difficult, I guess. But yeah, I guess it's just unfortunate for every party involved when something like that happens, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, tragedy all around in this case. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if anything does come from it or if it just kind of blows over in the news slash political cycle. Yeah, so that was our first case back this year. Forgive us if we sound a bit how you're going, a bit choppy, because it's weird recording remotely. It is strange. It's a learning curve for us, definitely. We'll get used to it, and then we'll be back to our usual blabby selves. Yeah, you just wait. Wait until we get to blab on a lot more. (laughs) All right, well, we won't ghost you again, because we've got the next script going. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the rest of whatever you're doing, your day, your night, your weekend. All right. We will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.